fifteen. We gave him some solid food to help keep his blood sugar levels elevated for a sustained period and told him to be really careful in the future. This was a matter of life and death. Another typical call that we came from one of the University of Texas dorm rooms, where an 18-year-old female was suffering from generalized sickness. As is routine, we took her medical history, whereupon she told us that on the advice of her family physician, she was taking 10 milligrams of Lipitor daily to deal with her high cholesterol levels. When EMS arrived, they cut us loose, but as we drove back to the station, we all remarked on how crazy it was that someone so young could already be on the road to a lifetime of medications. If her doctor were truly effective, instead of being a glorified prescription writer, he or she would inform the patient of the benefits of eating well. The right diet can help avoid a cocktail of daily medications. Later that same week, a call came in concerning an unconscious male at one of the University of Texas banquet halls. We arrived on the scene to find a 48-year-old man lying on his back on the ground, breathless and pulseless. We were told he had suddenly collapsed. As it turned out, he'd had a full-blown heart attack. We immediately started chest compressions while two members of our crew got the AED, automatic external defibrillator, set up. We stopped chest compressions, placed the pads on the man's chest, and waited for what's called a shockable rhythm. This essentially gives rescue workers permission to shock a patient in hopes of restarting the heart. We attempted this two times without any luck, so we continued chest compressions until EMS arrived. EMS intubated the patient, and then we worked in harmony to resuscitate him with a combination of shocks and compressions. After 30 minutes without success, EMS decided it was time to call the emergency room doctor and pronounce the patient dead. The sad reality is that every 43 seconds someone has a heart attack, and every minute and 23 seconds someone in America dies from a massive heart attack. Over the course of my dozen years with the Austin Fire Department, we responded to more than 50 heart attacks, and we were able to resuscitate only three patients. We received more than a dozen medical calls during our shifts at the firehouse that week. It was a sobering week of medical calls, but we also had one chance to do what we joined the department to do. We fought a fire. At 8.55 a.m. on a very cold Sunday, just as we were finishing breakfast, dispatch reported a house fire at an address 1.5 miles from our station. We jumped into the fire truck and immediately switched from medical mode to fire mode. When we arrived, the house was almost completely engulfed in flames. We were the second engine company to arrive. Engine 3 got there first. So our job was to supply water to them from our 500-gallon tank and help deploy hose lines to fight the fire. The flames were so high and the wind so strong that we had to put our truck in reverse and back up several hundred feet. As we did, the electrical wires in front of the house started arcing. The transformers exploded and sparks flew everywhere. The smoke was so heavy, it was almost impossible to see within a hundred-foot radius of the house. Because the fire had grown increasingly dangerous in such a short time, the incident commander called a mayday, which means that everyone must immediately get out of the building and move to a safe zone. He shifted operations from offensive to defensive mode as well, fighting the fire from outside the structure instead of from inside. He also called a second alarm, which resulted in two more fire engines and one more ladder company showing up, bringing more resources and more firefighter power. 
The closest fire hydrant was inaccessible because of the immense heat and flames, so my co-firefighter Derek and I were asked to find another hydrant. We had to move more than 600 feet of 200-pound, 5-inch supply hose up a hill before we located one. While we were desperately pulling, Derek yelled at the onlookers to give us a hand. Soon, six good Samaritans were struggling along with us until we had access to an unlimited supply of water. We did our best, but the fire was overwhelming. Engine 2 Company was now assigned to the south sector of the fire and instructed to protect the adjacent house. We put several hose lines in place and shot tons of water onto the house to keep it from catching fire. Unfortunately, the heat and flames were so strong that one side of the two-story duplex adjacent to the burning house caught fire as well. Even road signs and cars parked on the street were melting. The emergency lights on Engine 3 melted. It was parked more than 100 feet away, and its windshield cracked. After